You're listening to Blue Collar CEO, the podcast that's all about helping you build a better, more profitable, and more sustainable home service business. Each week, we'll cover a different topic that will help enable your company to move forward to success. And here's your host, Ryan Redding. What is up, Blue Collar CEOs? It's Ryan. It is awesome to be with you today. I am getting to introduce you to a former rock and roller who once had dreams of becoming the next frontman for Van Halen. I kid you not. Rusty Cochran translated his passion for guitars and music into a passion for his customers and employees. Today, Rusty is the frontman for We Care Plumbing, Heating, and Air. It is one of the most successful HVAC and plumbing businesses in the United States. We Care began with really humble roots, operated in, in uh, Rusty's living room, and under his leadership, the, We Care has grown to uh, over 200 employees. In 2016, uh, they moved into a new state-of-the-art 30,000-square-foot office uh, in Southern California. They're always growing. They're always expanding. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about the history of their success, but also his focus on people, partnering with private equity to help leverage people better. There's a lot of things that we talk about in this conversation. I'm going to shut up and let's get Rusty on. Rusty, I am so glad that we are able to finally get you on the show because I know you're insanely busy. I feel like I see your name and your business all over the place. But I guess first, before we hop in, Maybe for those who don't yet know who you are, let's just start there. Rusty, who are you? What do you do? I'm Rusty Cochran, president of We Care Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning in Southern California, and really just the home services covering the plumbing, heating, and air side of the business. We've been in business for 23 years now and started out with me in the in the field doing the sales, the service, the install, everything just by myself, and then my wife inside the office running the, uh, you know, taking the phone calls and and doing the books. And now we have roughly close to 200 employees and uh, just been fun building it. Not always fun, but, but you know, for the most part, it's fun. <laughs> uh, I mean, kudos. I mean, well, kudos for going into business with your wife, also part of the business, because that is its own unique ball of complications uh, that a lot of people struggle with. But to go from, from startup to 200 employees, usually requires like a lot of you having to learn new skills along the way. Would you say that like there are different milestones where when you had 10 employees, when you had 50 employees, or when you had 100, like that these certain numbers where you realize that you needed different sorts of leadership skills that you didn't yet have at that point in time? I, I mean, absolutely. I'll back up to the first part. So working with the spouse is very difficult and uh, for 23 years, she's been in and out of the business for probably, I'm going to guess, she'll probably kill me, but I'd say she's been in the business for like six of those years. In the beginning, it was definitely her and I starting it. But then you do run into the challenges and you can't, you can't, you go back and have dinner at home or whatever. You're still talking about work. You can never separate yeah. it because it's, it's on her mind. She wants to tell me about her day and I'm a, uh, a D on the disc profile or a color red so it's like just get to the point what's up and you know she wants to tell me about how this person did that and you know the challenges that you have with you know internal employees you can have terrible customers but it's your employees that uh, actually make it harder especially as you scale so yeah as far as uh 
that part. It's tough. But yes, you definitely hit milestones and we, and we did. I mean, you, you actually, if you're running your business properly, you shouldn't, but we hit every milestone you can. So I can teach a lot on what not to do in a business. I, I mean, that's probably my specialty uh, just because we hit so many of those, uh, you know, targets, you know, that we shouldn't have. But, you know, as you're going, as you're scaling your business, your profit should follow right with it too. So you shouldn't grow and then lose your profit, but that's what happened. And that's what happens a lot of times in business. Like, no, we'll just cover it with more revenue. And that doesn't take place. You just lose more money. So we definitely hit some, uh, you know, when we hit the target of uh, really about the 17 million mark, I mean, you hit it before that, like at 5 million a mark, 10 million a mark, but it was all manageable in a sense. But once we got to like the 17, then the wheels came off because you got to have your managers, uh, you have to have operations and different things. And those, those people have to learn with us. They got to grow with us as I'm growing. Mm-hmm. I got to surround myself with people smarter than me. That's how we're going to be successful. Our employees are our number one asset. So the only way they can do that is if uh, if I'm the smartest person in the room, we're in big trouble. So you got to have multiple people that are you know, smarter than me that are specialists in what they do. Like my controller has to be really strong. My operations team or general manager has to be very strong in order to not just implement, but execute, you know, what we're going to be, what our goals are, what we're going to be hitting. So, you know, we had to redo a rethinking when we hit the 17 million mark. And then we hit it again because we were really shooting for the 30 million mark. And I mean, we got to 29 and change. We just missed it. Talk about a disappointment, but it was still like a good growth year. But then from that point for about three or four years, we went backwards and we went all the way back down to 23 million. And then now we've uh, retooled, got some training, got some different people. And then, you know, now we've grown it, you know, again. So, I mean, it's uh, and surpassed that, that mark. And then now we continue to grow, you know, we want to, uh, it's fun. It's exciting. Uh, I'm, for me, my personality is I, I love the, I love the the kill. You know that, you know when the yeah. sales are coming in, that type of thing. That's my strength. You know the back end, as far as like counting the beans and stuff. That's not my strength. But you gotta know, you gotta know and love your numbers. And you know I I love the front end numbers. Like oh yeah, we just got another sale, another sale. Like you know how do we get more? How do we do that? Yeah, because it's exciting. It is exciting. But then your people gotta also. Uh, have that same excitement with, you know, not everybody's going to be on the same page as that because that's not in their wheelhouse. So it's been a, it's been a good ride and we want to continue to, you know, I mean, ultimately get to a hundred million now, you know, you, you set your sights on something and it's like, okay, we got that. Now let's go for yeah a hundred and then keep going past that. So like, it's not, I don't want to stop. I mean, I'm still um, older, but not old. <laughs> so I, I'm no, still I totally like, get it. Yeah, and what's it's interesting. I like I even like how you describe like you hit all these different I don't know I don't even know if you called them plateaus. roadblocks, but yeah, yeah, plateaus or ceilings. And like uh we've had we've had like EOS, so entrepreneurial operating system implementers on our show before. And they'll talk about uh like there's essentially three different types. Yeah, absolutely out of traction. Like three different types of plateaus. There's like an individual plateau, like where a single person doesn't like cannot pass to whatever that plateau is, or you can have like department level plateaus where an entire department can't get past whatever is blocking them. And then finally have like company level plateaus where the whole company is like hitting that same ceiling. And it's interesting because you, you made a comment and you said it and then just kept going about employees is what makes it harder as you scale. What did you mean by that? Do you remember? Well, 
I mean, it's they're the ones that help me get to where I'm at. You know what I mean? And they're the ones yeah. that will continue to get to me where I'm going. But you can't always do what you've always done or you always get what you've always got. So what we've got to that's just a quote from someone I don't know who. But anyway, so we have to um, they have to grow with us. But, you know, there's always constantly something going on within the business from somebody, you know, like I mean, it could be yeah. an unfortunate circumstance, you know, like a an illness or, uh, you know, like a cancer or something that takes over, you know, it's, that's devastating. You know, it, it could be just, uh, they're having a bad day or week. And then all, now all of a sudden that clowning around turns into now an HR thing where before they were just as guilty as anybody else. So we have to run it, you know, like a business, you know, a real business, like a corporate type business, even though we are in the construction side of things, you know, we work, we don't do new construction, but we still are, you know, we're doing service model, you know, going into people's homes and dealing with uh, homeowners. But at the same time, you know, we're still that um, blue collar business type of thing, but we have to run it like a white collar business and be, I don't mean like Wolf of Wall Street white collar business, but, you know, like a, uh, but HR, you know, G rated. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And the trick is that it's still business, right? So the thing still has to, a business is a machine that makes profit. And so you need, you need button down HR, like, cause it's going to keep you protected from risk. It's going to keep your employees happy, like all those things going. And for a lot of people, you're right. It feels like, well, that's really corporate or really bureaucratic. But in reality, those things are there because they make the machine run better. They make it make money easier without all the stress and drama and complications that can be snuffed out. What's, what's interesting as you've grown, um, like, obviously it's clear that you've put a lot of focus on people and like, you, you said, you know, the people who are the ones who got you there, people are going to be getting to you to where you're going to that hundred million and more. A big part of, of your focus, especially lately has been like including PE and private equity into that process. And before, before I hit record, you're talking about, you've recently, you've recently uh, started a partnership with the PE and the primary driver for you was their focus on people. So I guess for those who weren't around the conversation before, well, no one was around the conversation before I hit record, say more about that. Like, what was your experience? Like, what drove you to, like, consider PE? Why did the focus on people become an important part for you? And how has that been moving forward? Well, I've always cared for the people. That's always been a huge part of who I am. Like, it's 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 exciting to help somebody and they buy their first home or they buy their car, whatever that is. It's, you know, like you, you set up a dream board, for instance, you can cut out a picture. Like I'll just use an example of one of our call center reps. This goes back several years ago, but she wanted this BMW car and I'm like, we'll cut it out. Like let's, you know, get a magazine, cut that car out and, and we're going to tape it to your board or tack it to your uh, board in front of you. And you're going to look at that car and we're going to get you that car. And uh, anyway, so she came back and, I don't know the exact amounts, but I mean, I'll just work with me here, but it, it was sure, like, sure. just say the payment was 400 bucks a month. Well, we do $10 for every maintenance agreement that you sell to a customer that she could get on top of her hourly rate. So I'm like, okay, so your payment's $400. If you sold 40 maintenance agreements a month, could you sell 40 first off? And then you would get that car. And she's like, oh yeah, I, that's, that's easy. So, I mean, it wouldn't change anything that she's already doing. and the exact picture she cut out was the exact color of that car that she got, you know, and that was, and she was able to make the payments by just selling the maintenance agreements, you know, at 10 bucks and 
So it wasn't going into any of the income that she was already making. This was just above and beyond. Now she has to maintain that because you can't just hit it the first month and then, yeah, I got the And then now I, you know, now I'm broke, you know, so, but she was able to get it, insure it, put fuel in it and everything else. And, you know, that was one example. Another one was uh, a couple of guys this last year that were technicians that uh, bought their first home, you know, and and they were excited about it. And they came to me to thank me. And it's like, don't thank me. You did it. I give the same tools to everybody in this company. The difference is most of the people won't utilize these tools to the, what you did. They did it. I mean, all it is is here it is. Just go with this process and you'll be successful. And they actually did it. One of them came back like a, I mean, it was just a short few months later and came back and said, Hey, thank you. I just bought my brand new, you know, uh, trail boss Silverado pickup truck. And I'm like, just like the house. I didn't do it. You did it. (laughs) You know, like you're doing this. And if I can make those people, you know, successful, whatever success is defined in their world, then, I mean, that's the most rewarding thing for me is it's like seeing them grow. So, um, yeah, as far as the, uh, the people, that's why it is so important to me is, uh, their growth. Uh, because I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, their success is my success as well. So the company's success, we all win together by doing so you get, you know, we can pay more, we can get better benefits. You know, we got to, as we continue to grow and scale, we can, we can keep giving back too. you know, if you're saving money cause you're buying like right now you can't do it because inflation, but if you're buying it in bulk, you get a better price from the vendors because we're buying so much. So that can reduce those costs and we can share that with the, with the employees to do it. So you mentioned about the private equity part and I wasn't looking to sell. I'm sure that a lot of the listeners on this get bombarded by either phone calls or emails or even in the snail mail, they get, you know, um, interesting. You know, a lot of PE firms are out there fishing for, you know, to get somebody in the door. Well, I wasn't even looking for it. I just had a a friend of mine that owns a heating and air conditioning company in the Phoenix market that said, Hey, I, I went out to this company. Uh, they're in the uh, Utah market. And he goes, it's just an incredible company. And uh, he goes, I haven't seen anything like it. And I know a lot of the big players across the United States, you know, from uh, whether it be uh, from manufacturers that we've got to meet at, you know, dealer meetings or um, award banquets or, or you know, the networking of, um, groups, like associations that we belong to. So, I mean, I got to, through these years, I've got to meet a whole lot of people that are um, very successful companies. You know, some of these things are, you know, now over a billion dollars that are in the, these companies that are partnered with private equity, they're doing this. So anyway, I went out to this company that's uh, called Any Hour and uh, they do electrical, plumbing, heating and air. And as I was going through their business and, you know, they've got, I don't know exactly, but call it 500 employees. And you can't fake culture when you're there for a couple of days. You know, you can see it. Yeah. I mean, you can walk out to a guy in the parking lot going to his van and just kind of pick his brain about, Hey, what do you like about here? Whatever it is. And it's like, you know, why this is a strange place. These people want to be here, (laughs) you know, like throughout the company. I mean, you're going to have your core people and you're going to have the, you know, that type of thing. And, you know, every business is going to put on a show when visitors come in, but I mean, you can't fake it after so long, you know, like you're going to see that, um, you know, some of the people are, whether it's real or not, and and you could totally see it. I mean, they have this, they have a swag shop that they, you actually aren't buying this, the clothes and so forth. They're, you get it for your birthday, your wife gets their bucks, any hour bucks they're called, and you get it for your, she gets presents or like money, meaning uh, her, the kids get money, 
you know, anniversaries, things like that, that the company sends it out and you go into the swag shop and you can buy shirts, jackets, backpacks, whatever it might be. You know, it's all branded by their company name. So, I mean, wow, that's a great idea. They got a, uh, a store inside their company that has uh, all the snacks and they're all at cost. So it's like, instead of going to 7-Eleven and paying whatever it costs for a monster, three, four bucks, you get it for $1.25 or whatever it is. So that way they're not, because what happens when you, they when your technicians or installers or whatever are going down to the 7-Eleven or whatever it might be, for one, they're wasting time. And second, I mean, it's uh, they could be at the job site already. Or, you know, there could be poaching going on from other people that are watching going like, okay, so everybody goes to this 7-Eleven, all the different companies, and they all congregate at this place, whether they're getting fuel or whatever. So you want to eliminate that and just get them from point A to point B as timely as possible, plus the customer's waiting already anyway. So the store within, you know, inside there, it's not really a store, but kind of like it's all Apple. It's all integrity. You just walk by and beep what you took and microwaves in there and cook your food. So the the point is that they're really big about the culture. There's a book called The People Code, and you can take a test about the color code, which is it's a personality test, basically. You know, and if, if you answer it, you know, honestly, you get what you are and you read the report and you're like, wow, that's like 90 to 100 percent correct. That's who I am. And then what we've what they've done, what we've adopted from that company was looking at it and going throughout our company. So now we get to know, you know, it's how do you want to be? How do you want to be spoken to? Some people like this whole detailed, all the information possible about something. And for me, I'm, uh, I'm the color code would be I'm red. And it's like, just give me, give me the short version of what's up. Tell me, tell me what you want. I don't want to hear all the backside, the details. I don't need to know all that. So hopefully we can adopt to each other. Somebody wants to know all the details. I can be to do that. But it's also like you have your yellow personalities that are the fun people, you know, and it's uh, so they got to be active. You go to a, you know, a convention in Las Vegas, you got one room full of accountants and music's, you know, maybe classical or something like that. Then you go next door and it's a bunch of sales team and they're swinging from the chandeliers, loud music and everything else. So it's knowing that, you know, that's how you can get along much better in your company. So the culture there was incredible. So I came back to my office and uh, like, we have a good culture, you know, just yesterday we were serving ice cream and and, uh, root beer floats to the people. I pass out chocolate, like, constantly you know just doing you know but you can see like but there's more we could do more we can do better for our employees you know how can we make it the best place to work you know type of thing you know how can we be like a zappos or google or something like that where they have these you know campuses almost you know but yet get your work done you know then they are they're you know a good platform so anyway i brought like six of our people there with me again for another visit and they saw it and they're hitting me up going like, how do we apply? I'm like, shut up. You get back to our office, <laughs> you know, but just kidding. But I mean, you know, then we came back and, uh, and then I just started the conversations with them again. I get hit by private equity all the time and wasn't really interested. And then these guys just, they went out too. And they went to a lot of different companies, interviewed all the big players that are in our world that are, you know, in the private equity world and really couldn't find that right fit you know, for the people and the direction that they wanted to go. So they formed their own, they got, you know, their own private equity backing and started their own platform. So um, me being out there and, and saw them, I'm like, you know, this is incredible. So, I mean, I, you know, we just started talking, signed the NDA and then went on to the uh, letter of intent. We're sending people out there to train and everything else. So, I mean, is it for everybody? No. I mean, if you want to, 
if you want to do your own business, it's a, uh, I mean, I learned this from somebody else that, you know, if, if you'll always make more at your own business, if you're doing your business correctly, because your business will always be worth what it's worth when you do go to sell it, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think is the biggest, because I, I think you're right. I think a lot of people, when they, especially when they think about private equity, they, they think like big cash payday and like, ha and go and do whatever. What has been the thing that has surprised you the most by, by partnering with a PE? Well, for me, it's back to the beginning of our conversation about the growth part. If every, if every day or every year, I should say not every day, but every year, if, if you go from 10 million, say last year, just for a number, and, uh, and I've never led a $10 million company at that point, And I did 10 million of $1 the next year. That means I've never done it to that point either. So, I mean, I just grew, but I've never led a company that big. And then you get to 50 million, hundred million, those types of things. So every year we grow, I haven't led a team that big. So now you're surrounding yourself with not just our own employees, but now a group of other companies that uh, may be bigger or may not be, but they have inside information to say like, Hey, here's how we do that. So you're getting help, you know, throughout any time, just pick up the phone and reach out to one of the other companies that have chose to partner with this group. So it's definitely can help us to grow. I mean, they're uh, the one in Utah is the largest company in the group. So they've got a lot of resources and and they've already been there, done that. So, you know, we can, uh, you know, pick their brain on, Hey, need some help. We're struggling here. How can we grow our drain department? You know, whatever that is. So, but back to your point, you could, there's different private equity companies and it's really what's right for you. Where are you at in your stage Mm, of your life? You want to retire, then go for the most money, just cash out. I mean, if that's what you want to do, there's the people that may want to do that, but they really want to make sure their employees are taken care of too. So that's a whole nother piece of that puzzle because there's so many exit strategies that you could use. Uh, In my world, I'm like, I don't want to leave. I'm too young to just cash out and go. I mean, I could cash out and retire and I could be fine the rest of my life, but what am I going to do? I mean, I'm going to, I can't play second fiddle at home and, you know, here's a honey-do list every day. I would go insane. I like to work. I enjoy it. So this was different because there was so much about the people and the growth together as companies. Like if you say we sold our business, it's like you are corrected instantly. You didn't sell your business. You partnered, you know, in the real world, yes, we sold the business, but then we invested a whole lot of money right back into it. So, you know, I'm I'm deeply invested in it. So the best interest of the company is to grow and get better at it as well. So it's not just, you know, sell out and be gone, which is fine for other people. I mean, some people want to retire or some people are just sick of it. You know, so I've got friends that are just sold and gone. So it's really up to the individual. I heard, oh gosh, it sticks with me several years ago. Somebody, somebody told me that, especially when you get to the level of like uh, PE or venture capital groups on the other side of like techie stuff, uh, one of the biggest things that you're gaining in those partnerships is resources and capabilities. Like everything fundamentally gets broken down to resources. So like cash infusion with this cash infusion, do you have the means to, uh, hire more techs, open a new office, like get more equipment at better rates, whatever. Like there's this ability to have resources that you otherwise wouldn't have, but also capabilities as far as like people and knowledge and expertise with people who, who have far greater experience in their domain than you do in yours. So you mentioned like a controller earlier, one of these particular groups 
they have uh, a controller on their team uh, who came out of Silicon Valley. So they're used to these massively complex financial organizations. And guess what? When you're part of their little ecosystem, you have access to this person's mind and experience, um, all that at your fingertips. That is very, very hard to imitate and very, very appealing. Um, so more than, I like the point you said, more than just like looking at a dollar sign, really think about what's important to you and evaluate it that way. Uh, because those are big decisions and there's a lot of impact. Um, but yeah, the resources and capabilities always, always stuck with me as something far more than just, I want a big paycheck at the end of the day. It's like, how does it help you gain the synergy that you're trying to accomplish? And I always like that. If somebody, uh, Rusty, I'm curious because obviously you're passionate. You have a ton of experience. Uh, you, you seem invested in developing people and developing culture and fostering those sort of things. If somebody wanted to pick your brain, reach out to you, learn about your experience, maybe even schedule out a visit to go visit you in sunny Southern California, how might somebody reach out to you? I mean, you can email me at rusty at wecareteam.com. You can, you know, on LinkedIn, you can connect on, on me there, Rusty Cochran, you know, either way. I mean, something like that's fine. Um, find me at we care plumbing heating and air on the internet you know uh, either way we're always willing to help we have plenty of companies that have come through uh, you know our doors to just see what we do you know we're not talking partnership unless they want to i mean i just did it so it's not like all these years we've been you know uh, people coming in here that um both the manufacturers have sent in or they just heard about us i mean as far as the east coast of coming out and some of these companies are like triple the size that we are. And I'm like, you want to come see us? Like for what? You know, like, but it's, uh, it's cool. Cause we can pick their brains too, because we're going to learn from each other. So, you know, and, you know, back to the private equity part, you know, or, or selling, you know, it's, you're right. The resources and everything else that we've gained from this, you know, even more relationships too, like, you know, how do we do this? But, you know, what I'm looking for is like, you know, it's the money will come if you just do it, you know, do the right things and everything else. But, you know, you've got the second bite, maybe the third bite, fourth bite, you know, so now you're getting uh, those paydays, you know, because I mean, now technically I'm an employee now, I'm the president of the company still, but, you know, uh, so I'm not, I get a salary, but I'm not, I can't just go out and well, I'm going to go buy a Corvette tomorrow, you know, on the company, <laughs> you know, it's a company car, look at that, Yeah. you know, there is limitations, but you're also, you don't have to, uh, you know, your, your, your paydays when you partnered and then hopefully you get the second and third bites as long as the whole organization now is doing it all right. So I welcome it. I mean, I, I do, I, I if people want to see it, you know, it's absolutely, I get a lot of people that call me and ask me questions and again, I can pick their brains right back. So we're helping each other, you know, it's, you know, it's a give and take on both sides. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know you are insanely busy. Thank you so much for taking the time to stop by, but I'll make sure that your LinkedIn is listening to the show notes and also the, your email address, the rusty at wecareteam.com. Congrats on all the success. Uh, it's been really fun to watch, watch your trajectory. Can't wait to see where you keep going, man. Great work. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be part of it. This episode was hosted by Ryan Redding, author of the book on digital marketing for plumbing and HVAC contractors and founder of Leveragey the digital marketing solution for serious home service companies. You can subscribe to Blue Collar CEO on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us online at bluecollar.ceo and find us on Instagram 
And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another awesome episode. See you soon. Thank you.